All right, cool. Five, four, three, two. Don't you know that it's evil to live back? Ah, shout to the lungs. And you know how Rudolph Crab was done, Peter. You're back for the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man goes, don't you? Ain't it evil to live backwards? I oh, didn't catch it. Didn't catch it. Didn't catch it. <laughs> Calico dumbass just standing there, bro. <laughs> Uh, he still swears that he didn't lose that battle, you know. Yeah, bro. Don't you remember in the, in the third round he goes, "I won the first two. Mm. and then Lodi goes, "Look at him, emotional." What's going on, world? Welcome to episode 44 of the Rhymes Like Dimes podcast with your boys, Peter. Yo. Mohammed. Yo. And myself, Yemi. Happy New Year from all of us. We hope you had a good Christmas. First pod episode of the year, lads. How we doing? Yeah, man. Good, man. It's, it's good to be back. It's been a minute. It's been a while. It's been a while. It's been like four weeks. Yeah, yeah, Between well, like Mo's like COVID scare and... You know, my mum dealing with COVID. It's been a mad few weeks, it feels like. Yeah, yeah. And obviously the lockdown is going strong as well. A lot of people, it's getting to a lot of people. Um, we even are recording from our homes as well. Yeah, I'm done with it. As, yeah, very much so. But here we are, here we are. But you guys are in perfect health? Always, man. You know what I mean? Thank God, of course. Of course, um, of course. Yeah, man, just, just hearing it. How was everyone's Christmas? Good. I don't celebrate it, so it's cool. Oh, yeah, of course you don't celebrate it. <laughs> All I thought was watch Harry Potter. Actually, I wouldn't know. I watched Watt School the whole day. Mad. Mm. The five best, the, yeah, 10 best teams play each other, five games, enjoy life the whole day. Yeah. I always yeah. felt a bit funny about people having to like work on Christmas Day like that. But I suppose that's their yeah, attitude. With basketball, I think because it's been around forever, it's a sense of pride to them to play on Christmas. That means your team's elite, I guess. Yeah. I see. Like Chicago Bulls are sitting at home. I'm sure you're very sad about that. Yeah, we're shit. But I enjoy Christmas. Always well. Fair dues. You too? Cool. Yeah, I mean, it was good. It was good. Family and that. Vibes. Um, feels like it's been ages ago now. But here we are. Ready to pod in that. It's mad. So, it's already the 17th of January. It's already 17 days into the new year. It's crazy, isn't it? It's insane. It's our first episode mm-hmm. of the year. <laughs> Very much feels like a hangover. <laughs> it's a bit bad, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But we were going to record a couple of weeks ago, but um, one of us was uh, isolating, I think. No, Mo, you were ill. Yeah, yeah I was isolating. Um, you, you were ill and isolating. I potentially had COVID, so I didn't want to risk it. And then it became, I started to get a bit ill. So I was like, just for the betterment of everyone, let me just chill. Um, uh, yeah. Essentially what Peter's uh, doing, doing, the same thing. Yeah. Pretty much. But well, we yeah, we move. Good to have you in good spirits and good health. Um, and yeah, as is our first episode of the year, um, we're ready to pod and we're ready for the year and whatever happens, basically. Hey! Whatever <laughs> happens, we'll be here for it. I'm trying to bring the energy in it. Clearly. It's different over Zoom, isn't it? Um, this is what this year is going to be, man. Just bare energy, bro. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, 2021 Peter's taking no prisoners. 
We've got photographic <laughs> we've got photographic evidence of that, but we won't show that one down. If only they knew, but if only they knew. <laughs> yeah, if only they knew. Audience, if only you knew, trust me. But before, yeah. we, before we start, yeah, I just wanna um just just send my my love to Cleo's soul. Okay. For no reason at all, man. I just wanna you know let her know that I love her and her music. Do you hope she's listening? I do hope she's listening. Um well Cleo Soul. Yeah, clear yourself if you're listening, and you know, Peter, um, we're fans, of course, as well. Um, and yeah, carry on. Well, I'm a fan. Yeah, man, that's, that's, that's she's a friend of the pod. She doesn't know. She doesn't know it yet, but she's a friend of the pod. Yeah, she's a friend. Wait, of the day Peter meets her. <laughs> oh, I, I honestly can't wait to see her live. I feel like her um her show is going to be amazing. I reckon it'll be like. Well, you think I'll lose composure? Marcy, do you think you will? Do I ever lose composure? Yes. When did I last lose composure? I'll say it for off the pod. <laughs> yeah, we'll say that off the pod. We'll say it for off the pod. You can say it and we can edit it out. To be honest, you, you never ever left composure. There you go. See, <laughs> say that. Don't, don't let. Don't nah, that, I mean, listen, listen, listen. Don't listen, don't that let ain't... down some crazy road where they're feeling like your blood is clear. <laughs> Your boy's moist out here. Come on, man. Uh, <laughs> don't do that, man. Mad did it. My name is my name. Anyway, shout out to Cleo Soul. Um, and on that note, guys, what we've we been listening to this week, or actually even throughout the Christmas period and the New Year's period, what have we been listening to? Um, over like the last few weeks, I go through like a couple, a few times a year. Um, I I dive in and I get a bit obsessed with Two Back and Biggie. Um, it could be either or. So recently, Life After Death, I've been like really diving back into it and really dissecting it and really um just reading around that whole album. And it's not like I don't know a lot of the information, but I don't know, there's just times where like I just hear it and it just still sounds amazing. So this time around, I was like listening to like original versions of, you know, different songs on the album, um, some demo versions of some songs. So Life After Death's been like on on rotation quite a bit. Um Yem got me um a vinyl by a band called the JBs, who were um, James Brown's band. They got an album called More Mess On My Thing, so I checked that out, really liked that. I checked out, and I think Yem recommended them a while ago, but I wasn't ready, um, a group called Children of the Zeus, or Children of Zeus, Rob. Um, so I've checked out a couple of their stuff, and I really enjoyed that. What else? Dornick released an album at some point last year, which I missed, called Limbo Land. Um, I really enjoyed that. And yeah, my, a bit of Miles Davis, man. I was listening to In a Silent Way album um, recently. Um, and yeah, just, just been vibing to that, really. But that's it. Oh, oh, wait, how can I forget? Aaliyah, One in a Million, too. A few weeks ago, I had that on repeat. I could not stop listening. My four-page letter, she was in her bag. She it was, was her birthday in, yesterday. Yeah, it was, not it? Happy birthday, Aaliyah. Happy birthday to Aaliyah. Um, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much it, man. Very eclectic. I'm, Very. Hey, I'm all over the place. Mohammed? Um, oh, boy, I know to, what's coming, actually. No, we're going to get to that. But I've been listening to... I'll be real. Let the audience know. No, we're going to get to it. I just want to say someone first. Yemi, have you heard a song called J.I. the Prince of New York? Yes. I've been listening to him a lot recently. Okay. And I fuck with his music. He's a little... I just, yeah, I've been listening to a lot of J.I. the Prince of NY. Um, wait, 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 wait. Later, before you continue, before you continue, why did you ask Yemi and not me? There's no point. Why do you why do you always do this? Okay, no, no, no. Pete, yeah, me, hold on. Just two seconds, yeah? P 
Peter, have you listened to J.I. the Prince of NY? No. Cool. What's wrong with your brother? <laughs> no, the point is, yeah, I might know who he is, but just not have listened. Still asking. You've got to respect the fact that I know you so well. That, like, he, doesn't, he doesn't respect that. He doesn't respect it at all. Like, he doesn't respect the fact that we wouldn't ask him about stuff we know he doesn't know about. It's like, yo, when you talk about Cleo Soul, you're not mentioning my name. You're talking to Yemi. Yeah, but that's because Yemi's openly said that he has listened to our album. No, but there's certain artists you and Yemi talk about specifically, right? Same way me and you talk about certain artists, but we know each other's... Yeah, but if I'm directing a certain point to you about a certain artist, I'm not leaving Yemi out of it because I feel like Yemi doesn't know. I'm speaking directly to you because it might have been a point where we've said something about that artist before. In relation to the artist that you've just named, I might have heard of him. I honestly uh, knew you never... (laughs) Listen, you might need to put more respect on me. Uh, yo, you know what? Uh, I think Pete, so Pete, Pete, hang on, hang, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Peter, I think in all those situations where you said that and you've expressed this concern, you have then never heard of the artist that we've asked you about. Okay. Yemi, let me go one further. Let me show you why your brother's a bad man. Peter, <laughs> do you want me to send you a song of his? No, I'm good. You see what I'm saying, bruv? <laughs> You don't even want me to send a song of this guy know, and he's getting angry at me for not mentioning his name. Listen, all I, I don't ask know anymore, for my boys, my brothers, all I ask is that you place me into consideration and you, you allow me to be in the conversation. That's all I ask. All right. Just ask me the question so I can say no. All right. He just wants to be able to say no. He just wants to be able to say no. He's such a narcissist. <laughs> he right. is, bro. But anyway, so I've been listening to a lot of J.I. the Prince of New York. Um, you're getting to him heavy a lot. We're going to get into later. I've listened to MF Doom over the holidays. Also, <laughs> I've been listening to a lot of country music, bro. I'm putting my country bag. Yuck. Yo, I've, yo, you might not looking at me. I've been in my country bag recently. Sometimes you need to switch it up. Maybe like those. Come on, I don't want to talk too much. Wait, wait, wait. What, what country artists have you been listening to? I've been listening to a lot of Josh Turner. Okay. A lot of Kenny Rogers, The Gambler. Okay, all right. Yeah, like I've been... Yeah, me. He sounds, like, he sounds like a rapper, bro. Kenny, what? the gambler. Yo, the song's called The Gambler. You've like, heard the song. What's his name? Um, what's his name? Smooth the Hustler. <laughs> Only Peter would know a rapper called Smooth the Hustler. <laughs> now, honestly, there's a great song from Kenny Rogers called The Gambler. Like, it's one of the best, for me anyway, I don't know a country like that, but it's one I go back to on the rigs. I've been listening to him, I've been listening to a lot of Josh Turner. Hey, yo, like, sometimes you need to switch it up. And personally, we're going to get into it later, but I blame MF Doom for sending me to country. Okay. That's interesting. That's a weird connection. Bro. I can't yeah. wait to hear it. Yeah, this guy just made me straight away from rap, bro. But anyway. On the low, though. Sorry, sorry, Mo. On the low, one day we need to get into um, the content of country music because, you know, like, over the years, rap music has gotten a lot of stick for being violent. Country music, them man are on crud. Bro, a lot of country music's crud. Bro, Jimi Hendrix, Hey Joe, which to me is like a country tune, um, he's talking about Body and his wife who he caught cheating. If that's not crud, then I don't know what is. They're on as much crud as the rappers. Where? Hey, man, we don't want the rappers to get Everyone knows it, but they don't want to talk about it. Yeah, but what have you been listening to? For me, I've been all over the place. So I've kind of been just catching up on projects that I missed last year. So on the rap front, I listened to pretty much all of Ransom's projects that he dropped last year. Um, and I thoroughly enjoyed all of them from the sequencing to everything. Like he's just a very dope MC. So big ups to Ransom. 
Um, I also listened to Flea Lord in the name of Prodigy. Um, his 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 tape dedicated to Prodigy. I think Flea Lord and Prodigy it was just Mob Deep generally are like really really uh, tight. It wasn't for me. I didn't really care for it too much. But um, shout out to him. Well, what did you like about it? Uh, it just didn't. It wasn't exciting. It didn't really excite me. Maybe because it's the first Flea Lord project I've listened to. But you know, take the production out of the way. I don't know. I just didn't really. I guess maybe with with rappers like him. Yeah, obviously there's like a massive a massive space for rappers like him. He's probably one of the least exciting for me in that field. Um, okay. And I was really looking forward to this, this, this project, but yeah, I couldn't get jiggy with it, bro. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm not mad at it. Um, I kind of feel the same way. So I feel you. I feel ya. Um, I listened to this artist called Berwin, um, who's based in London, but he was born in Trinidad. Um, he dropped a, um, a project called Demo Tape Vega. Now, I first heard of Berwin, when I, when I left Excel, the chairman of Excel, Richard Russell, was getting ready to drop his next album um, as part of Everything's Recorded, which is his like stage name. And he had Berwin do a verse on one of the tunes. Um, and the tune wasn't great. It, it actually sucked. But Berwin was actually <laughs> like quite entertaining. <laughs> Berwin, Berwin was quite entertaining. Um, so I listened to his project. I liked his. I like. I liked it. I, I really liked his songwriting. It's very honest. It's very like you can tell he's been through pain and shit. Um, so yeah, very honest and very sincere. So big ups to him. And obviously, I listened to the um, new Gets tune, Skengman with Stormzy. Oh, bang. Um, absolute banger, like from front to finish. Um, and the chip tune as well, Ten Commandments, mm-hmm. which is obviously another send for Stormzy. Probably at the bottom as far as like actual sends goes. Like next to like Killer MC and Flowers, um, but still a good tune nonetheless. And outside of rap, I've been listening to, and Peter will love this. I listened to the JB's project that you oh, just yeah. mentioned, um, which I really enjoyed. I listened to Feel So Good, Grover Washington Jr. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so I finally listened to that. Dope. Mm. Really, really enjoyed it. And I also listened to Sonny Rollins' saxophone Colossus. Oh, wow. So yeah, I've been in my jazz yeah, slash that's a classic. funky bag recently. Um, yeah, but I'm just trying to explore more of the like OGs, like the OGs that we would we would know about, like black people, but they aren't necessarily celebrated as much like in the wider world. So gonna continue doing that yeah, in the weeks. You got into a lot of music. Literally, I listened to Berwin, all the Ransom projects, and Flea Lord when I took my walk when I went from here to. Um, like Beckenham, so I had a lot of time to kill. But um, yeah, man, shout out all those artists for sure. That's a lead to all of them, I guess. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm confident that it will be a good year for rap. You think so? But, yeah, I think the I think the people who we want to deliver will deliver. Do you think it depends on COVID or just you think it's going to be a good year in general? I think it'll be a cool year. I think there's going to be some great music that comes out. From an underground perspective, anyway, I think that will continue. Mainstream, who knows? I mean, we still got Drake to look forward to. Drake's definitely going to drop. Um, it's gonna Cole's definitely going to drop. Kendrick may drop. So we'll see. I'm not gas for Drake's album at all. No, neither am I. Not at all. Yeah. What for? I'm I'm not really gas for anyone's album, and I'm not going to front. Like I'm, I'll I'll listen to it when it drops, but because there's still so much music that. I need to catch up on and just 
across all sorts of genres. I can I'm, I can wait for whenever anyone decides to drop. You'd be gassed if Kendrick gives, says he's dropping off. I'll I'll, I'll, play, I'll listen to it when it drops. I won't be like ah, but I'll be I'll be happy to hear. Of course, he's the only one I think that I'll be like oh, finally, not finally, but like yo, it's been a while. Now I think maybe the only person that maybe has that effect on me is probably Jay Jay Z. Um, where it's like ah, I've got to drop everything and play now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But apart from that, I can, I can wait, man. Not even Black Four. Um, if it's a part of the Roots, yeah. Okay, just not by him. We ain't, had a, we ain't had a Roots album in God knows how long, so I could do with another Roots album, but yeah, I can wait. Let's move on to the first topic. So, um, we obviously started the new year on a sad note after the news emerged on New Year's Eve of the legendary MF Doom's passing on the 31st of October 2020. And obviously the hip hop world and fans have been hit really hard by the news. Now, Doom was a lot of things to a lot of people, um, obviously outside of the many monikers he had, such as Victor Vaughan, King Ghidra, Metal Fingers, or just playing Doom. But he was also a villain, a maverick, and a creative genius. The mind behind some of underground hip hop's finest albums, including Operation Doomsday, Um Food, and Mad Villainy. This podcast is actually named after one of his songs. So you can tell how much we love Doom. Well, two of us anyway. And, <laughs> and as the days have rolled by in 2021 already, um, I guess for me, my initial sadness about his death has kind of morphed into happiness that we had him. And just going back into his expansive catalogue and being, being assured by knowing that he'll be greatly missed um, by everyone in hip hop, but also grateful for the fact that he gave so much to hip hop as well. Mm-hmm. So I guess what we want to do now is kind of just take this time to kind of reflect on Doom, his impact, music he's left behind as well, and just our general thoughts on him as well. Yeah, I mean, boy, it's it's mad, man. Like Doom, for me, man, like my experience with Doom was, um, it was it was it was on and off because um, I remember the first time. I, I heard of him or even saw his name somewhere was on um was in secondary school. It was on an old friend's iPod. Um and I was just going through his iPod just to see what he had. Um and then I saw the name MF Doom. And like I it just it reminded me of like a video game. So I was like, yo, bro, like what's what's this? And he's like, Oh yeah, like the rapper called MF Doom, he wears a mask, you might like him. So um I listened and at that particular time I was like heavily into like my street music. So you know, G Unit, um, you know, Jada Kiss, D Block, all them, all them guys. So Doom's Doom's music, um, and I remember it was Operation Doomsday that I'd heard. And at the time it just wasn't something that I was into. And then fast forward years later, I saw I saw an album cover, which would be the Mad Villainy album cover. So I was just looking at it, I was like, yo, this this looks a bit it looks inviting, isn't it? Because it's just him. And I was just feeling like, yo, there's there's there has to be something more here. But I didn't, I didn't, I didn't really know what to expect. So I thought, you know, what, let me check it out. And you know, obviously, years later, from like my G Unit era, I was a bit more well-rounded musically. I found, and I was more, I guess, open to listening to different types of rappers, not just the street rappers. So I pressed play, um, and like it spun me. It it really spun me, man, because at that time I just couldn't quite understand what the fuck I was hearing. Like it was one of those first albums that. I was hearing movie samples, comic samples, um, samples used as interludes to, to, to go into songs and verses. 
I'd never heard that before. So it spun me and it spun my idea of what rap was supposed to be, how albums were supposed to be constructed. And even the beats, like, it again challenged my, my notion of how hip hop tracks were supposed to sound, you know? Back then I wasn't so driven by soul samples and just that soulful feel or that, you know, that, that, that weird um, unorthodox feel. But in listening to that, it kind of introduced me to a lot of that. And I'd never experienced that before. So Mad Villainy, like, it, it spun me. It completely spun me. Um, and I weren't really the same after that, man. My brain wasn't the same as far as how I would take your music. And I, yeah, I have to, I have to like, I have to credit Doom and, and, and Madlib for that. So, you know, obviously hearing about his loss and that, it was just like, rah, man, it just, it took me a sec to just really digest it. Cause it's like, rah, like, this guy essentially really contributed to and Madlib and to, to how I like taking music. So obviously I don't want to hog up all the time and we're going to get into a lot more, but like, yeah, we have to play, we have to pay tribute to this guy, man. You know what I mean? Cause his, his impact is just, it's difficult. It's, it's difficult to put into words. It's a lot. For sure. For sure. And my journey with doom is kind of similar to yours, but kind of in the opposite spectrum to where, being like a teenager and kind of just going through like the hip hop section of Wikipedia and going on like alternative slash underground hip hop and seeing this name Mad Villain and then going click on the night and then seeing Mad Villainy and seeing the cover, I was already enticed. And by that point, I was kind of trying to find what I liked in hip hop anyway. Like I'd been introduced to like Tribe Called Quest and Souls of Mischief like not long before. So that kind of alternative outlook was already kind of shaping me. So when I listen to Mad Villainy now, it's like, first of all, I didn't know what the hell was going on. I didn't know what he was talking about. The beats was mad. Like you said, the movie samples, everything like that. It was, it was, it was an experience for sure. Like I wish I could have that experience again of listening to it for the first time and know how it felt, especially now as I'm older. But yeah, like you say, man, we definitely have to pay different tribute to do it because I feel like a lot of kids our age and of our generation will have similar experiences of listening to Doom, not knowing what the hell it was and what he stood for, not knowing why he wore the mask and stuff like that, not knowing his backstory as well. And then finding it out later as we get older and realizing like, yo, not only did he go through a lot, he also like, in some ways, he shaped, he shaped like a quite a big section of hip hop, like underground hip hop, like for the foreseeable, you know what I'm saying? Just the way he approached production, the way he approached his lyrics as well his rhyme schemes, his flows, everything like that. So yeah, man, it, it definitely hit me for six when I, when I heard it, because obviously we're coming out of 2020 and obviously 2020 was, a, was what it was. And I always said like, 2020 is gonna steal us one more hammer blow to let us know that we went through it and lo and behold. Um, but it speaks to like his character that he actually passed in, on Halloween and we only found out two months later. <laughs> yeah. like, it speaks, I guess. Yeah, it does, man. It sums up the mystery. It sums up how elusive he always was anyway. You know what I'm saying? Like, he wasn't easily findable. Um, what the backstory with the mask, if you don't mind me asking? So the backstory is, basically, when he first came back in the game after... Well, okay, for those that don't know, basically, MF Doom was initially known as a rapper as Zeb Love X, and he was in a group with, called KMD with his brother Subrock and another rapper called Onyx. They dropped, um, well, they dropped one album and then they were getting ready to drop their next album, um, which is called Black Bastards. 
And then this is around like 93. And then Sobrock was hit by a car and died. Um, and then the label essentially dropped KMB from the label and shelved the album because the album depicted a black Sambo figure being lynched. And that caused a lot of controversy. So after that, Doom didn't drop the album. He kind of just went away and did his own thing and lived life for a few years. He then comes back. Um, initially, he was wearing like, I think it was like pantyhose over his face. Um, and then he graduated to the mask. And he later said to the Red Bull Music Academy that the mask basically represented him kind of reacting to, at the time um, of like 97, 98, obviously the shiny suit era, all that kind of stuff, Peter's boys um, were <laughs> popping up. Him wearing the mask was basically a rebellion against what he thought hip hop was becoming, which was essentially marketing what, um, marketing the music by these big budget videos, you know, the visual aspect rather than the actual music itself. So he's wearing the mask so that you focus on nothing but the music and the lyricism and the themes at play rather than focusing on that million dollar, you know, video of certain men shimmy shimmy and, um, and Puff and Lala. So, you know, it's, it's, that's basically what the mask represented, essentially. It's essentially a, go, a throwback to, like, hip-hop as it was before, like the B-boys, like the, the core elements, basically. So that's essentially what the mask means. And it's become iconic, obviously, because of that. And the fact that he really kind of revolutionised the idea of rappers wearing masks or, like, you know, protecting their faces and protecting their, concealing their identities, in a sense. Um, so yeah, that's what that represents. Basically. Could, you, could you argue that Ghostface did that first? Tell me more. In the early early days of Wu Tang, um, I heard he was wearing a mask as well. Like he was wearing like a stocking cap over his face. Yeah, but I'm not giving that to Ghost. You ain't giving that to Ghost. Absolutely not. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Ghost wouldn't give that to Ghost. I'm not. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're reaching. You know you're reaching. You're reaching. <laughs> Whatever, man. No, I feel it though. I respect the effort. I respect yeah, the effort. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, man, I mean, obviously, like, hip-hop has been hit hard by this, and you've, we've seen the, the tributes that, co- that have come up as a result as well. We've seen all the cool stories that have come up as well, especially from people like Dante Ross, who signed KMD to, um, I think it was Elektra, um, and other, you know, hip-hop commentators of the day just giving their two cents about him as well. Um, Mo, obviously, as the guy that, on record, has not listened to Doom, how would you say this has affected you? Um, do you want me to be brutally honest? Of course, that's what we're here for. It hasn't, like, just in terms of obviously affecting me in terms of oh yeah, rapper died and someone that gave something to the culture we talk about because essentially he helped us to where we are now for us to even talk about it. He elevated the platform of the culture. But in terms of me, I've I've never listened to Doom. I've never been a Doom fan. It just wasn't me. I've tried to listen to Doom in the past. I just could never get into it. From when I was a youngster to now, it's just nothing I could ever get into. I just thought he was a brother wearing an aluminum foil who raps. Like, stop laughing, Peter. Stop, <laughs> stop it, stop it, stop it. No, I'm never trying to be disrespectful. Like, yeah. I just thought, yo, this guy, he's different. I can't, I can't do it. So then during, obviously when he passed, and obviously I knew Will was naturally, I think I told you guys like, yo, I think we should talk about him. Yeah. I was like, let me at least give him the respect to at least try listen to his music. Yeah. Before I critique it, I don't ever want to be that guy that goes off something I heard 10 years ago. So I went to Mad Villain and I thought, let me take this in because this is the one Yemi kind of always talks about. Mm. And let me sit with this. 
and I listened to the first song. I was like, this isn't it. And this is with all due respect. I was like, the first song isn't it. Tried to listen to two, three. I couldn't do it. I gave up after about four songs. Now, he listened to Doom. You could tell he's a borrower. You could tell he's, his pen's amazing. There was just a block with me and his music. And I don't think it's Doom necessarily. I just think it's with me and alternative rap. Pete? Um, I think your perspective is very important, man, because um, you, you represent, and even for like um, the type of listeners that we have as well, you represent someone that, you know, wave, really waves the flag of street, street authentic rap in it. And Doom doesn't necessarily represent that. So you're not the first one that probably feels the way you do where you've tried to take in the music and you just don't connect with it. Um, you know, I too was the same. Like, like I said, when I was in secondary school, um, you know, I was, I was heavy into like my, you know, my drug raps, you know, my, you know, my shoot them up, bang, bang raps, innit? Uh, <laughs> so so I, I get it. Um, but is it, what I'm trying to ascertain though, what was it about the sound? Because you, you were a fan of, um, and these are two different artists, but you're a fan of Freddie Gibbs, right? Yeah. So Mad Lib is the same producer. He, he produced. Yeah, I don't. He, he's got, for me, he's gotten better as a producer, but it's still the, the, the genesis of um, how he produces for Freddie Gibbs comes from Mad Villainy. So I'm surprised, and I was worried that that would be the album that you, you listened to or didn't like, and it's a bit surprising. No, and I agree with you. I, I can't, obviously, I know, what I, I know what I like and what I don't like. I've, sincerely, I've tried to listen to Doom. By the way, it's not just Mad Villainy. I have tried to listen to a past Doom projects as well. Like just me Which, ones? Which ones? Uh, let me go. I've got my Spotify here. Okay. Because obviously I saved it to my songs. Because that's, that's important too. Because for me... Now, look, the last song I was listening to was honestly this. This is the last song I was listening to. So the last song I listened to from Doom was Accordion. Okay, fine. That's the last Doom song I tried to take in. And... Yeah. With Doom, I don't. It's not a case where it's his talent. I just feel like I don't know if it's his content. It, it might just be his content. It just might be the way he sounds. I could never get into Doom, but then I also and me and Yemi's having a conversation with this. I can't get into alternative rap because who would you class under Doom's umbrella, Yemi and Pete? Who's the artist you don't know, class under his kind of umbrella? Oh, sweatshirt. Yeah. Um, I put Tyler there as well. This is what I'm saying. So, say you put Earl and Tw- Tyler there. Those are two artists I will never listen to. But Mo, like, and, and this, like, was even going to come to a point that I was going to make later, man. Like, Doom's impact and influence on the underground, like, he's probably the most impactful underground artist. That yeah, I, 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 I think I've, in, in previous episodes, I've mentioned um, him and Rock Marciano being, being equally as important. Doom probably just about pips him but you're saying if we're talking about alternative I, I'm struggling to understand what that term means because I would put Rock Marciano underneath Doom's umbrella I feel like all of the, even what um, Griselda and all them men are doing it somewhat falls underneath that because it, it goes against the um, the the um, the typical the natural mainstream yeah. sound you're, it's, it's alternative to what we see at the forefront of rap so it's all underneath that it all falls underneath that. Doom was probably just the one that, um, I'm not going to say he was the first one, but he was probably the first one to do it the way he did it. And, um, and that's where, like, you know, the, the whole like, artist integrity comes into it as well. He did it his way. No other way but his way. He sampled what he wanted to sample. He rapped about what he wanted to rap about, which allowed 
the Tylers, the Earls, the Rock Marcianos, the Griseldas to be able to do that too. Obviously, Griselda specifically take from, you know, the mob deeps and that as well. But do yeah, you when I listen to believe... Griselda and I listen to them, I don't think it's the same people, personally. No, but I'm trying to ascertain the whole alternative thing. Yeah, I mean, he definitely, he, he set a precedent. He set a precedent for how artists of that ilk can not only construct music, but also construct their identities. Like, we're never going to have another Doom. Someone who's able to curate the world that he created, not only as Doom, but also as Victor Vaughan, as King Ghidorah, as all of these people, like, and dropping consistently good music as well to suit those identities. That's, I think it was like 03 to 05, where he was just like killing the game underground-wise. Like, that's a run we'll probably never see in the underground again as well. So it's very important for him to get his flowers in that respect because he did offer a different way for artists to really just be themselves. Yeah. Yeah, no, I feel you. I've never taken away from him, but I just feel like... In, I think a lot of it is content matter with me, and I just feel like I can never... But then, no, because I listen to it, it's not all... Yeah, true. I mean, listen. But I, just feel like, it, I, I get it too. Like Doom, Doom's content... It's, it's a bit off the wall. It's very yeah. strong consciousness. Um, there's a lot of humor. There's, there's a lot. It's, if you're not, if that's not your, your type of content, and I get how it can be alien to you, innit? But I don't know, man. Like, I'm, Especially struggling, as, like, with, I'm struggling with the alternative thing now. No, do you know what it is as well? Sorry, I mean, I don't mean to cut you off at all, but apologies. Do you know what? I think MFD's music already, I'm not a massive fan of. Mm. But if we're going to be honest, and this ain't even the shot Yemi, MF Doom fans are pompous as well. I feel right, like people that like that type of rap, the people that like the MF Dooms of the world, the people that feel that like that kind of underground rap, I just feel like they don't make it easier for fans to like them artists. But yeah, but I'm more pompous than Yemi. No, so, you're more pompous than 99% of the world. Okay. Well, Mo, I'd be, <laughs> so no, I'd be interested to know. I'd be interested to know like some examples. Like, no, I'm not examples of this. Fun? No, I'll just say I'm not. I'll just say I wasn't talking about you when I met the whole. No, 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 no. I'm talking about generally though. I'm not talking about me. What was the question? So you feel like so you feel like Doom fans make it difficult to get into his music? I feel like Doom fans one thousand percent make it difficult to get into Doom because I feel like they. If you're a Doom fan and if you like underground rap, I just feel like they feel like they're on a level elevated than your everyday rap fans. Does that make sense? Okay. So I feel like if someone likes street shit. They might view it as simple, whereas Doom fans look at Doom like he's a fucking encyclopedia, bro. You get what I'm saying? And they look yeah, at don't, like it's simple. Yeah, but don't, but don't all rap fans ride for their favorite rappers? True. So I just, I, just, I don't think it's any different. Any, I don't think it's any, I don't think it's any different than Eminem fans or Cole fans. No, Eminem fans, I think, are the worst. Yeah, but I say all that to say, I don't think Doom fans make him, I mean, to, to someone who is, you know, not inclined to listen to stuff like that, and then you see the fan base and how much they ride for them, it may be a bit intimidating. Not to say you're intimidated, but it might be a bit like, oh, well, boy, if I don't like it, then I can't get it sort of thing. So, and do fans do that. Do you feel like there's a level of with the fans, though? Do you feel like there's a level of, with Doom fans or them kind of rap fans that feel like they know they are better than your everyday rap fans? Do you get what I mean? Yeah, I mean, backpackers, isn't it? Like, backpackers yeah. think that they're... Backpackers think they're better than anybody else because they listen to the, the, the real, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, which 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 you know is isn't isn't a correct statement, isn't a correct thing, but that's the feeling that they have because more time backpackers are gonna have more knowledge about rap generally anyway, as opposed to someone who only listens to Mob Deep. So it makes sense, but and I understand where you're coming from. 
But generally, like Doom fans that I've encountered, they've never maybe because I am a Doom fan, I've never really felt that they're pompous like that. Because I can take myself away from those situations and be like, okay, you're moving a bit, like, you're a bit arrogant, shut up. But generally, I don't really get that from Doom fans anyway. No, I'm not saying all of them. I just feel like there's a when it comes to you nail you hit the nail on the head. The, you know what it is? What else? Sorry to cut you off. Sorry to cut you off, Mo. I think, and this might be a reach, but I feel like with Doom fans, we hold on to the mystique so much that other people we, we, maybe we can't share it with other people because we've got this special relationship with Doom, who's this mythical figure, pretty much. Yeah. He's not like any other rapper, so maybe that sense of fandom is heightened a bit more. Mm. Yeah, maybe. I don't, I don't think that's a reach at all. No, that makes sense. That makes, sense. That makes perfect well, sense. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's what that is. Maybe that's what that is. And no, I, the honestly, thing with... I tried to get into it. I just couldn't. I don't know what it was. Just something wasn't resonating with me, but it's just, I feel like there's just a disconnect with me and the Earl Sweatshirts of the world, the Tyler Creators, the MF Dooms. I just feel like I'm so, I'm, I'm in love with that street shit. That's, but then that's also my way of life, where I came from. Do you know what I mean? Is it is it a sound thing, more it's than, than more, thing more than the content? It's I don't think it is a sound thing because because Doom sound isn't like it's not the it's, intro. It's not it's not conventional, man. Like it's very it's very weird, isn't it? It's no, you're right. You're right. It's, you it's very um like it caught it kind of reaches people that aren't necessarily just music fans. If you're like a heavy comic fan. You love Doom because so much like weird intricacies and like added comic references that you know what I mean it, it it talks to those people too. So the sound represents that, and you hear that in the samples too. That's what I'm saying. That like, it, I don't. Can it be a content thing though? Because like, it's not li- li- lyrically. The conversation about Doom lyrically is a whole other conversation, but like, content. It's not, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't think it's that wild, in it, to get yeah. into. It's a tricky one. It's, I, don't... It's, I don't think it is either, but I think it's a mixture of both. I think, obviously, what pricks your attention first is going to be the sound. Mm. If you're not naturally inclined to listen to that sound, then already you're at, a, you're at a loss. And then once you start hearing Living Off Borrowed Time, the clock tick faster, it might necessarily be your bag. You know what I'm saying? Even mm. though I don't know how not, because that's a bar, but we move. Yeah, um, but that, that bar's like... Rap snitches telling all their business, sit in the court, they'd be their own star witness. Do you know what I mean? Like shit like that, I feel like Mo would resonate with because like love he, that. Because he exactly he's mocking all this street rap. You man are talking all this shit. You're basically snitching on yourself. <laughs> like and that whole bar is funny. It's funny to me. Mm-hmm. Like, do, you see, do you see the star witness? Yeah, I'm right here. Like when I heard that, I was dying. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So like shit like that. Like, I feel like Mo would fuck with. So that's why I question whether it's the it's the content or is it the sound? Sometimes the sound is so obscure that you can't get past that to get to the lyrics. I think it is a sound, and the reason why I say it's a sound, yeah, me, I told you this yesterday as well. Remember when I tried to listen to the intro of Mad Villainy and I couldn't do it? Because you don't know what's going on. It's because... It sounded not, so cute. Not you personally, Mo, not you personally, but it's because when you first listen to it, you don't know what the fuck is going on. You don't know it's what's... It's chaotic. What, what am I listening to? What, what is this in reference to? What am I taking in right now? That's why... The intro will throw you off, especially to Mad Villainy, because I replayed it again yesterday. It's it's still, and I've heard it better times, but it's still like, raw. what the fuck is this? It sounds great to me because I love that weird shit. But if for someone that uh, for for a random ear, it's like, yo, what the fuck is this? 
Yeah, yeah, especially, especially someone who isn't as inclined to listen to that sort of stuff anyway, or doesn't like that weird or shit. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. If you're, if you're if you're just a street sure, if you're just a street dude, like if you're freeway Rick Ross, you're probably not going to enjoy MF Doom as much as you would at rap Rick Ross. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because that's just not where you're coming from, sort of thing. Some people can go between those worlds. Some people can't. Mm. That's all it is. Hey, Yemi, you do it perfectly. I try. Yeah, Yemi does it perfectly. Yemi got P as well. To your credit, you do it as well. You two go between both worlds. Mm. I can't. I've tried to. Like, I honestly, try, I've tried to listen to Tyler. I've tried to listen to Earl Sweatshirt. I just, I don't know what it is. There's something with me whenever I listen to him. I'm like, yo, I'm, I'm not feeling it. Like, mm. I just can't do it. Like, Tyler the Creator is a prime example. I've tried to listen to Tyler a few times. It's not mm. like I just gave him one try. Mm. And the reason why I bring up Tyler is I feel like they're of the same ilk to a certain extent. Mm. And I've realised I just, it's just a mental block. So, but shout out to everything. I know he's a legend. I know what he's done. I know that his pen's amazing. It's just, I've never really, I've never been a fan of his music and unfortunately I don't think I ever will be. Mm. But that's not to discredit what he's done and what he is. Yeah, yeah. My and, question. Um, do you feel like um, one knock against Doom's legacy might be from on the production side of things, maybe the fact he didn't produce for that many people? Nah, no, not not really. Because he he left us, he's left us like a massive array of beats that people can just take from. Like I know I know Wu Tang did, um, Bishop Meru. That whole Neruvian Doom album is basically one Doom verse. The rest are just his beats and Neru rapping over them. Mm. So it's a bit like grime in a sense where you have all these instrumentals and people just rap over them, whatever. So I don't think that is as much of a crux. Um, to be honest, um, if anything, it makes it more appealing because he more time wrapped over his own production and then produced all of them and they just dropped them. Like, do what you want with them. Which, sort of which, thing, which so. is which is like another reason why like he's um he, he's one of them special ones, man. Like, there's there's not many rap producers that can produce their own stuff and still rap amazingly over it. You know, a lot of rappers struggle with that. Um, and even with me saying what I'm saying, that would be the easiest opportunity for me to throw a shot at Mo's favorite rapper. But I'm not going to do it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna withstand the temptation to do it. In it, how very grown of you. Who's <laughs> no, my favorite rapper? I was gonna say like, there's a lot of rappers like you know, such as the J Coles that produce for themselves but don't necessarily, you know, sound that amazing over their own stuff. In it, but I was gonna ignore Child- it. This is about that was, that was childish. That was childish. <laughs> that was so childish. That's not the record of the show. <laughs> I've on MF this much here. People are going to think, and he's a Cole fan. Cole's not my favourite rapper. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. Um, but yeah, man, that's what, that's what makes him even more special to me, man. Just that, that, that dual talent. Because it's not easy, man. He just, no, it is. He, he fit perfectly over his beats. Like he, knew what he, would, he knew what he was trying to paint on the canvas. Mm. You know what I mean, with the yeah. beats and the rhymes. He knew what rhymes would fit perfectly over what type of beats. And then like, even just like, even listening to like, you know, the, the the herbal the the herbs um serums yeah special herbs um I've kind of feel like he he rhymed over more of that because it kind of feels yeah. like there was some of them beats where he didn't actually touch with his bars most of what you hear on special herbs he didn't even touch yeah. like Operation Doomsday and Um Food are where all of his beats pretty much that he used are at and then every after that he started obviously Madlib um, Dillar and others. Um, but for the most part, they're relatively untouched. Mm. Um, and he rapped as weird as the beats were. So it was yeah. always going to be a happy marriage. You know what I'm saying? If we go back to Cole real quick, his beats are very ordinary and he raps very ordinary. So... You need someone to produce for him. That, 
No, I mean, yeah, MF Doom probably, but <laughs> but I but I digress. So yeah, man, he he very much he he was very much of that ilk, man. He he was he was very much, and the thing with his subject matter, it's really hard to like pinpoint what he actually talks about because more time he's just talking about like just weird weird stuff like talk about fixing flux capacitors instead of like chilling with a hole you know what i'm saying so it's a weird one is it, it but that's what makes him so special because you never know what right you never know what doom you're gonna get you never know what ride is gonna take you on and that's what made him so special like his rhymes took you on a journey man like even if you're like and i wrote about this on um i wrote an article for trench basically celebrating doom and i said basically that listening to doom is kind of like a surreal experience in and of itself it's kind of like You've you've just popped some magic mushrooms and you're just walking through the ends and you're just embracing whatever happens, whatever whoever you see, whoever you embrace. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's what I genuinely feel like listening to Doom is like, bro. You just get so many different experiences and so many different like detours in your journey listening to Doom, sort of thing. So mm-hmm. for that, I always I always love him for that as well. And even like um, I heard I once heard Mo Steph say that um, Doom rhymes as weird as he feels. So I think that speaks to you know, why he's also as loved as he is, man, because there are people that feel like they can't necessarily relate to the street stuff. They can't necessarily relate to like, you know, the jiggy music or the women, the, the music about women and that. They can, they can, they, they sit in a, in a nice weird space with Doom where it, it doesn't fit any of that. And, and, and Doom speaks to a lot of people that way because there are bare rap fans that they just don't relate to the street stuff. They don't connect to it. They connect to more the weird stuff. They're, they're into like other like you know obscure type of shit. Doom, I feel like speaks to those people, and it's weird because I don't know if he means to speak for them. Because Doom's like Doom, Doom was five percent, so he had like knowledge of self. He he knew all of that, and like even when he was KMD, I feel like them man were like um, they they followed the five percent nation, nation of Islam. They followed um, um, the Nuwabians as well. I can't remember Nuwabian something. Um, so they're into like you know. Afrocentricity and stuff like that, but I think him solo, you wouldn't necessarily think that. No, but him, him, him as a person, though, was 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 all of that. So it's weird that, or it's interesting that his music speaks to the quote unquote weirdos. Because I don't know if he meant for that. I don't think he did either. Um, I just think he he very much raps like he lived the life of like any old man, like yeah. someone who may have had acknowledged herself, but wasn't necessarily like in it like that. Um, he wasn't a rapper, he wasn't like a rapper rap. He didn't live the rapper lifestyle. He was just more or less like a normal person who just wore a mask. Um, and it also speaks to the fact that, the fact that he most have said that, it just speaks to how little of a fuck Doom gave about any of this rap shit. He's just gonna do him. He's just gonna do what he wants. And again, that's another lasting legacy. Like basically determining what you want to do for yourself and how you want to present yourself as well. So as far as that goes, he was very much like one of the first of his kind. What's your favourite uh, Doom Doom song? Hmm. Ah, oh, man. That's a, that's a tough one. I don't know if I have... Uh, I mean, I've been banging Rap Snitch Conditions a lot recently. Mm. Um, I've been banging Gazillionaire a lot. Um, obviously, Doomsday. Um... Whole Cakes, Beef Rap, mm. obviously Accordion, Rhinestone Cowboy. I'll probably say Rhinestone Cowboy. Okay. Um, I just, I, I, again, that is Doom yeah. out and out. Like, that is, he's, do, he's, he's weird. Um, even 
in the before the second verse, you know, he's a Ryan Style cowboy, and then the applause, and then he says, Oh, oh enough. Like yeah, that's yeah. just doom all over, you know what I'm saying? And then yeah. Goonie Google, Hooli Hoodoo, Hoodoo Boodoo Swadooba, who knew and all that stuff like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah his, stuff his, like that. His rhymes like they can be very dense. But if you really like if you tap into really what he's saying and how he's saying it, then from a from an MC's perspective, it's it's mad, man. It's it's skillful. It's really skillful. I feel like um there's a song on uh, Mad Villainy Figaro. And I feel mm. like um that might be for me um, a, a song where he's rapping some of his most densest rhymes, isn't it? You know what I mean. But just as an MC, though, like he, he's just always was entertaining to listen to and just mad skillful, man. Just mad skillful. And I feel like just looking at his career in totality, he's a great, he's a great um, representation for success. Um, I feel like obviously su- success is subjective, isn't it? But typically, I would imagine that as a creative when in any sort of you know, artistic field, you really just want to be able to do your art the way you want to do it, man. And, you know, make a certain level of money, get credit for it, maybe get a level of acclaim as well. And if lucky, impact. And I feel like Doom done with that on his terms. This guy more time wouldn't even turn up to his own concerts. <laughs> he really did it on his terms, man. You didn't see his face like that. He barely done interviews. You barely saw him out. You just heard the music. What more do you, can you ask for as a creative? And and, and then on top of that, you're influencing people where you can see your impact. That like people are meeting you and bowing down to you and shit. Yeah. You know what, like, what more do you want? And for me, that's like, that's a great view of success. 100%. 100%. It's just that self-determination. Um, yeah. I think one of my greatest disappointments in life was buying a ticket to a Flying Lotus MF Doom gig and him not turning up, and Jay Electronica replacing him. Oh, swear! Um, oh, was that Brixton? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I remember you told me. Yeah, yeah. And I was no. like, and I was like, I was like, two weeks before, no, two weeks after, we had seen him at Coco. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And he basically did the same set. So <laughs> you can tell I was. And he, I bet he went through the crowd as well, didn't it? He went through the crowd as well, yeah, and they, yeah, yeah. they, they struggled to pick him up as well because he was <laughs> hefty. Um, so yeah, that's one of my greatest disappointments. But that just speaks to do. Maybe he, maybe he did that on purpose. Mm. Because he has sent imposters over to, to shows to, you know, perform. And, and that's I love, just, again. I love that. Because it, it, it's that whole moniker of being a villain, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You can be pissed, but really and truly, he's just acting out what his role of that, of um, a character is, a villain is. Do you know what I mean? You, you do shit yeah. to piss people off. You know what I mean? It's kind of like in the cartoons in that way, you've got Scooby doing that. And you might see, like, you might see, like, a, um, one of, like, the, 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 the villains... And then you rip off his mask and it's like, imposter, sort of, forget it. Just, shit, just, just dumb shit like that. But that's kind of like how, like, that's kind of how I see Doom, though, isn't it? You know what I mean? Just these little quirks, like, such as missing concerts. That's how I saw it. Um, but yeah, he's, he's definitely, um, he's definitely going to, you know, be remembered. And um, What's your favourite song? Me? Yeah. Oh, man. Accordion spun me, man. Yeah. Accordion spun me. Um, Figaro, Meat Grinder, yeah, even mm. Barber Meat Grinder, yeah, um, yeah, I would probably go to Figaro to be quite honest with you. Um, I can't, I wish um him and Ghost did that project that they promised as well. Yeah, I really yeah, that would have been great. That. Yeah, that would have been great. Um, but you know they gave us the victory laps and victory laps is dope. Yeah. Um, 
and the mad thing about Doom is like he was so effortless with it with the pen. I a part of me feels like he never really like went into second gear. Mm. Like he was always just really, really nice without even really trying. Mm. Um, maybe that's just me, but yeah, man, it's just the way, maybe it's, maybe it's just the way he raps and what he raps about makes me think that yo, like he could do this with his eyes closed, and he's probably not even trying right now. So imagine if he was like with I don't know someone he really admires, like an actual MC that he's trying to compete with and shit. Like, yeah. How would that be? Um, Do we know who like his favorite rappers were, or who he, some of his influences were? I think he was very old school with it. So I think when I listened, to, when I watched the Red Bull interview, he would always reference, um, you know, obviously going to like b boy parties and dance parties and break dancing and stuff like that. So I think he's very much of that ilk. Um, as far as his contemporaries go, I'm guessing like anyone he con- he contributed he co- collaborated with is someone that he considered in his league, I guess. Mm. Um, and that's everyone from like Zarface to Ghost to, well, he wasn't really rapping with Bishop Nehru. It was more of a pass the torch sort of thing, but mm. you know, people of that ilk anyway. But um, I think that was the more indirect way of knowing who he felt were his contemporaries. Yeah. Yeah, I like I liked the fact that even like in more recent years, he had done the, um, the, the mini EP with West Side Gun. Um, he he was barring with you know your old Droog and Matt Kwame, which I loved, um, and it just showed that like he no matter who he was rapping with he was gonna bring it, so I kind of appreciated that too, man. And even though like he was very you know under the radar, he would still dip in from time to time to be like yo nah, I, I still got it, I ain't lost shit. I mean I always yeah. appreciate with like the older rappers. I mean I always appreciate that. I would like to off- I'd like to, I would like to ask you a question though, Pete, because um, I think it was. The episode where we reviewed Bandana. Yeah. And <laughs> I think I know where you're going. You said, um, I think you said that right now, um, Gibbs is rapping better than Doom. <laughs> do you still do you still hold that opinion, sir? Um, I think in um do you know what? I was in the moment then, man, and I was gassed. Because I'm really? obviously I'm, I'm loving Gibbs at the moment. Um, and he just sounds amazing with with Mad Lib in it. But obviously. Come on, man. If I'm being real, of course he doesn't. Don't do that. Don't do that. Of course he doesn't. <laughs> Don't do that. I'm allowed to be gassed in the moment. I'm allowed to, you know what I mean? But, bro, if we go back to that episode, I didn't really say it on my chest, though, did I? This guy more oh, shut than Michael Jackson, bro. <laughs> All right, cool. This guy's better than Michael Jackson when it comes to that moonwalking. <laughs> Listen, man, I, don't, I can own my shit. You know what I'm saying? I can own it. But in revisiting um, Mad Villainy yesterday, I can't, I can't wholeheartedly say that. He's a better pairing with Manly Boy Raps better than um than 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 Gibbs Raps better than Doom. I can't do that. Ever in life. I can't do that. And I kind of just want to close this uh topic by saying that since he died, Doom's streams have gone up 870%. Which is dope. Which is dope, man. His family's gonna eat, so that's dope, man. That's it. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. And I think he owned actually not maybe not. He was on Stone's Throw for Mad He also like jumped from to different labels as well. So Madeline was on Stone's Throw, and then um, I think Operation Tuesday was on Bobito Garcia's label. Mm. But I'm sure all that is sorted. But yeah, his family will eat, and you know what? A, what a great way to like see off a legend, basically. Salute to him. Salute yeah, to he's done. Rest in peace, MF Doom. Yeah, Rest in peace. Point of Caps when you say the name. Rest in peace, Daniel Dumoulin. And I feel like this um, a point I want to make now leads perfectly into the next topic. Um, so what do you think in his death is going to happen to his legacy? Because 
there's there's always this um this this thing that happens to dead rappers where they are propelled to almighty heights. So for for Doom specifically, what what's going to happen to his legacy? What's going to happen to his name? What's going to happen to his music? I think it's just going to increase. It's just going to grow in stature. Um, I feel like now because the hip hop, what people have seen how much he meant to hip hop, it's just going to lead to more eyes checking him out and seeing what made him so amazing and what made him so important to the game. I feel like his legacy is pretty much set in stone. I don't think there's any way that that can be, it can be denigrated on. I feel like it is pretty much what it is. It's only ever going to grow in stature, only going to get bigger. Um, I feel like more and more weirdo kids are going to see him and see him as a point of reference for not only being rap fans, but if they decide they want to rap as well, maybe a reference for that. So I feel like with Doom, he's set, bro. He's absolutely set. I think his legacy was solidified before the Halloween that he passed. I think he was always set where he was set. And then now is, like you said. Yeah, 100%. And you also got to remember, like, the people that are, like, relevant right now, like, some of them anyway, from rappers to commentators, they live through Doom. And we've seen that over the last couple of weeks since he passed so they'll continue to carry on that legacy as well from the stories that people are telling about him to you know just how much of importance he had with certain rappers as well like here as well as in the US so yeah man, he's very much set yeah I think his legacy is solidified in terms of what he is but you're right I guess people's I guess when he died everyone's legacy gets uplifted somewhat yeah, yeah for sure and I guess, I suppose, going into the next topic, we kind of want to discuss that a little bit further. Like, what happens to a rapper once they die? They you know what I'm saying? Legend. They become a legend? That's that's just the generic consensus between everyone. And that's not me to knock it. This ain't me knocking it. Is that fair, though? No, that's what I was going to say. This ain't... I'm, it, people need to understand the difference between someone that was bubbling and someone that is a legend. I feel like the minute you die... Oh, do they? No, you are just... Oh, you say it with everyone. I don't want to get into it. But... I feel like everyone that dies automatically becomes a legend, which is something we need to chill on. But with Pete, Pete don't acknowledge when someone's doing very well. Don't do that. <laughs> nah, don't do that. Let the audience know the point that you're trying to make. Because All right, give me, Jordan. They need context. You can sum it up better than me. For the, for the, for the nonsense you man was spewing. Yeah, we could definitely sum it up. So, audience, the context is, and the reason why we basically decided we wanted to talk about this was because I think Mo went into the group chat a week ago um, and I think I no, actually no. I think I posted something on Twitter. Um, I think Jinx had tweet, tweeted uh, something to the effect of, "It's really hard to listen to pop smoke these days. It just makes you sad." And I think I um, quote tweeted it as well. And then Mo brought it up in the, in the group chat. Um, one thing basically led to another, and it got to a quote from Wayno. Shout out to Wayno, um, who was basically saying that. Pop Smoke's death is more or less akin to the feeling that people felt when Biggie died. And one of us in the group wasn't having it. Um, he was basically like, you might not talking nonsense, you know, called us every name under the sun. You know, I'm, 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 pretty, I'm, pretty sure he, I'm pretty sure he threatened us um, and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Peter, do you care to, care to explain yourself? Yeah, I mean... I was I was appalled by 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 that statement. Um, I just don't understand. I just don't like or understand how we can possibly even say that, man. Because granted, 
I, I wasn't as exposed to pop smoke as some people, fine. But at the same time, I, I, there's no way pop smoke is giving you the same feeling of an artist whom when they died, or just no, in fact, before they died, they were the hottest in the game. They were already seen as the best rapper alive. Um, and they were killing everything moving. Pop Smoke weren't seen as such. He might have been hot. He wasn't. He was hottest. Hottest. Let me finish. Let me finish. He wasn't the hottest in the game at the time or before he died. Um, he had he had tunes that were moving though. You can't possibly compare that to Biggie around before the release of Life After Death. You can't. And obviously, I'm 30 years old, isn't it? So when Biggie died, I was seven. So I'm I'm a lot of what I'm saying is. I'm speaking after the fact, I'm speaking from, um, you know, speaking to a lot of my elders and just stuff that I've read around it and just understanding the climate of rap around that time as well. So you man coming in saying that shit, I was just absolutely appalled. I just couldn't understand that you man were saying it and actually trying to like, back up the nonsense that you man was saying. It's utter crap. Utter crap. And you man are mad. I think to say... This artist is the big, it's affecting New York the biggest since Biggie died. That's not what he said. He said, Pop Smoke dying was, um, the feeling that he gets from losing Pop Smoke was akin to the loss of He's about the kids. He's about the kids, how they felt. He wasn't about himself. He was saying New York's feeling when Pop died was similar to when Biggie died. He's specifically talking about for the youths. I, again, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. Yeah, did, um, that, did that feel? Did that feel good? For me, did that did that feel good? Oh no, it felt great. I, I can imagine. Right. So now, I feel you. Fundamentally, I feel you. On paper, you can't compare. But if Wayno was talking about what pop meant to the youth and what he meant to New York, them, him dying is akin to. Biggie in a sense where a certain generation of, don't scratch your face up like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, what was I going to say? Yeah. So to that young generation, who, by the way, might not necessarily think that, you know, lyricism or being the best rapper alive necessarily matters. It's more so like the music itself, you know, the vibe that they get from it. They felt that someone that was really important to them passing was a significant moment in the same way that a rap generation 20 years ago when nah, Big yeah, passed. I'm not, nah, I'm not let me finish, bro. Let me finish, bro. <laughs> but I don't like what you're doing right now. See Yemi, yeah. Yemi, Yemi's good. He's a words man, isn't he? He knows what he's doing. He knows, he knows how to word things and he's too fucking understanding. Like, you know what? Let me let you finish. Him. I think you should. <laughs> I'm going to let him finish. But he knows what he's doing. This guy, yo, Peter is on edge for this topic right now. Peter don't normally cut man off, you know? <laughs> Bruv, listen, all I'm saying is it's generational and you also cannot tell someone how to feel when their favourite artist passes. Obviously, the significance of Big 2 hip-hop is bigger than of Pop Smoke's 2 hip-hop, but for a generation of his fans that don't know Biggie, it might f- that don't know Biggie and are massive fans of this guy who saw him grow, who saw Welcome to the party, Dior, Christopher Walken, Foreigner, all these tunes go up 
not only in New York, but here as well, as Peter was witness to at the recess party, it might feel like they've lost their goal. And you cannot tell someone you can't feel that way. No, because Peter, I'm, I'm Peter. not going to tell youths how to feel about someone they've grown up with. Peter just told you he's a 30 year old man. Why is he speaking for 18 year olds? Nah, see, you lot are twisting it because I'm not, I'm not telling them that they can't feel the way they feel. Now, um, I think in what Yemi has just said, he's just clarified something to me. I was of the belief that my man, well, um, what's he, Wayno said that um, the, the feeling or it's as significant as when Biggie died. I'm not arguing what you feel. You feel what you feel. Different artists feel differently to different people. Doom, Doom, Doom's loss feels way more significant to Yem than Mo. So fine, feel that. I'm arguing the significance though. Well, I mean, with Pop, I feel like he passed away at age 20, right? Before his JB album dropped. So relative to Piggy, he didn't have as much time to really like make an impact like that. In the short time that he was around, he did make an impact, but it wasn't to the same extent. Especially as you considered, like, hip-hop was in a different place back then as well. Like, Biggie, as opposed to, to Pop Smoke. So, again, it is the feeling. And even though he can never really compare to, to, to Biggie, like, Pop Smoke's death hit hip-hop generally very, very hard. It definitely. So, yeah, it definitely. Yeah, man. Because, um, again, like, obviously, people feel how they feel. Um, and, yeah, I can see that it was felt, but it didn't seem like, it was like that crazy. Nah, it was for people. You ain't in the streets. You ain't yeah, in the streets. Back to the kids today. Yo, they still feel it. I'm not even gonna, I'm not even trying to waffle it. Pop mm. Smoke's death was felt a lot. I'll say he's yeah, he's definitely the biggest, I think unfortunately the biggest rapper's death of the kids that they felt. Mm. I feel like Pop was people were clutching onto this is how big Pop was. People were clutching onto 30 second teasers of his songs before he even dropped. His teasers will go viral on Twitter. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you remember. He'll be in the studio. He will tease a 15-second song. It'll go viral. Pop had the youth in his hands before he passed. And it's not me trying to gas it. Mm. So I feel like when you've got all of that and then you pass the way he passed, no, mm. I think he definitely affected. And because his album was so good as well, it adds to it as well. If his album was mediocre, then you might have a point. I love Pop's album. It was in my top five last year. I feel like when his album was so good, it adds to his legacy and then it adds to the kids thinking, oh, what if he did stay alive? And obviously that plays a massive factor. When they hear Meet the Woo, when they hear um, the one with the baby, a little baby, it's just going to add to, oh, what if he was still alive? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, okay. I'm not, I'm not mad at that. But let me ask you both a question. So in death, he's bigger than he was when in, in life. Yeah. 100%. All right, cool. Um, why do you think that is? Because of the way he passed, um, the fact that the timing as well, like he was getting ready to drop his debut album. He never got, he never actually got to drop it like himself. Um, he was reaching a new, he was reaching a new um, position before he passed. Um, so I think it's just the, the pure nature of him, the, the way he passed and the fact that people loved the album so much. Yeah. The quality of the music. The quality of the music shine through. Typically, though, how do you both feel about how death propels rappers? Or not even just rap, just musicians in general. And why, why, do you think, and why do you think it does that? Um, 
I think naturally for like artists, once they pass, you're going to have more of an interest. I think the general casual fan is going to have an interest, especially if it's an artist that's well known and like big. Like you're going to have a vested interest in finding out what made them so big. And maybe indirectly that helps propel the legacy a little bit more because, you know, it's opening up said artist's work to a new audience that might not have known who he was, but have taken investment in the passing sort of thing. Mm. So I've never really had an opinion on uh, why I feel like their legacies are propelled after death. I guess if I'm on the spot right now, um, I mean, I don't know, man. I don't know if there's like one answer to this. I feel we've got unnecessary. I feel we've got not unnecessary. I feel like rap fans have got an uneasy attachment to when people when rappers pass. Does that does that depend on how the rapper dies? Um, what do you mean? Like, um, it can for, for me, and I don't want to say too much because I want to hear your point, Mo. But for me, like, when I think about how rappers are propelled and essentially they become martyrs and um, they just become like otherworldly. I'm more so thinking about Biggie and Tupac. But now for those two specifically, it's a bit deeper for me um, because I, I don't, I believe those two were, they, they were bigger than, they were bigger than rap. And it was, I feel like it was some spiritual shit there. I don't think it was just a music team there. Like if you look at, and especially if you look, especially if you receive the music after they've died, um, it just feels like it was something more at play there. It was more than just them being rappers. Tupac specifically, um, he um, he he was always talking about death. He couldn't help but rap about death. It kind of felt like he was calling death to him um, in every verse, in every on every album, and then you know. Even just like, just his whole career, it was just spooky. From you know, if you, you can you can link it for me, I my brain's weird in it, so I just I'd be linking things that, and I might be reaching in it. But like even from like, you know, him, him, him going to prison, like, and even like how he got out of prison. Like you have like you know Death Row, you got Suge Knight, who for me like might represent you know the man in red, coming and like rescuing him. And then like him coming out of prison is kind of like, you know, like a resurrection and that. And then, um, you know, just everything that transpired after he got out of prison, like it kind of represents like a certain level of crucifixion and that. So for me, like Tupac, it was just deeper in it. And just like hearing his music after he died as well, it's just spooky. Got the Machiavelli album where it was just like, you know, trying to figure out whether this guy was still alive and that. So there's that element and there's that allure. And then like, You've just got all the verses where it kind of felt like he was speaking from a prophetic standpoint. So for Tupac specifically, and why he was propelled after death, it was because of everything that surrounded him. Do you know what I mean? So it was a bit deeper. For Biggie, um, similar sort of themes. Ready to die. Ready to die. The, 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 the album title in itself. That attraction of death. The last song on that, on that um, album was um, suicidal thoughts do you know what I mean and then the, the end of that skit him getting shot he's dead life after death the beginning of that album is um, 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 Puff like with this sort of monologue with I guess um, B 
big being on some sort of life support machine and then it kind of like flatlining and he's dying. It was just weird and spooky. You know what I'm saying? And then like his lyrics in on that album were just very, it was just spooky, man, from the album cover, all of that. There's a lot of Biggie's verses, just spooky. So that, in addition to the music, it just added like something else, man, something otherworldly around those two specifically. So that's why, for those two, I feel like that's why they were probably propelled even more in death because it was more, it was more than just the music. I feel like you could, you could definitely say the same about newer generation artists like Little Peep and XXX Tentacion. Like even though they don't necessarily, they're not as upfront with the theme of death um, in their music, but you know they both rapped a lot about depression, wanting to kill themselves, um, and then the manner in which they passed as well. Obviously, Peep died of a drug overdose. Um, XXX was shot and killed. And their legacies and the, and the way hip hop reacted to that was like what felt like everyone was talking about it. I'm not going to say otherworldly, but it felt like it felt like a family member had passed when those guys passed. You know what I mean? So and XXX also had his own like um, legal issues as well. So everything around him um, and he was actively trying to be a better person as well mm. before he before he passed. So yeah, I, I see what you mean. I think the context around a rapper and the situation around them probably helps heighten it even more than you normally would if they had just passed, like generally with nothing else. I think it's just natural for us to take more of an interest in dead rappers, especially after they die. And then as we deep, as we go further into like the specifics of their lives and their careers, it maybe heightens up that sense of, of dread or like wanting to know more about the rapper a a bit more. Yeah, because I think and Nipsey's a perfect example because I feel like a lot of people weren't giving Nipsey his flowers before he passed. Mm. And I feel like a lot of people were sleeping on everything he was doing for the community. And obviously he got shot in front of his store and the backstory of whatever happened. And I feel like the way he died played a factor in his story as well because of where he passed. And then people looking into his career, people looking into what he was doing. And that only added to his legacy. It's unfortunate that something so drastic has to happen before we start to give people their flowers. Mm. But I don't think it's just rap. I think, I think any, I think it's any sub genre of music yeah, yeah, where yeah. the minute someone dies, their legacy gets propelled to another level. I honestly think whether it's rock, hip hop, pop, whatever, I just feel like the minute someone dies, it does propel them. Mm. Unless you're a Michael Jackson, you can't go nowhere else, and you're already at the top. Yeah, we just have a fact. I think we got like a huge fascination with like you know dead musicians, man. It's like we're we're constantly trying to. I don't know, like, I guess, like, crack some sort of, like, code or matrix that maybe was hidden in their music. But it's um, like you said as well, though, Pete and Yemi. I think you both have said it as well. Rap's got fascination. Rap fans got fascination with death, and also the rappers got fascination with death. Yeah. Same way you just said, two like a biggie, and 20-plus years later, Yemi mentioned Little Peep and uh, XSX. Mm. And they had a fascination. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Those are two... They all walked a different life, but they're... But, Four rappers that had a fascination with death, so I feel like it's the fans, but also the rappers have a fascination with it as well. And how much of, um, I guess, the legacies of these dead musicians um, being propelled is down to the to the labels as well, isn't it? Because Jadakiss said, you know, dead rappers get better promotion. That's true. That's fact. And I think that's dead musicians. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that. It's it's relative to how big the artist is. Um, if you're like Michael Jackson, obviously that's the maddest example, but 
no one's getting more promotion than that it's after he passes. Hype. You know what I'm saying? If yeah, Drake yeah. passes away tomorrow, like Universal is in trouble. Into in, well, all the other like late, like artists on Universal are probably in trouble in that respect. But yeah, I mean, I, I think it depends on how big you are. I think the labels naturally are going to want to propel um, an artist who's passed away that was on their in their ranks as well, especially as they probably want to take advantage of or lead the narrative of celebrating said rapper's life by this way or that way or the other. So again, it's just a natural thing. It's just a natural thing. I mean, I would want that to happen if that was if that was me and I was a rapper and I passed. Like, yeah, yeah give me my flowers. Yeah, yeah. So kind of like, well, why, why wasn't you know this artist giving their flowers when they were alive? Because you know we're hated. Not us. I mean, just rap fans. Mm. Rap fans don't like giving anybody their props until it's too late. It's too late. Yeah. Yeah, man. Like it's. Yeah, I mean, even us saying that we need to give people our flowers, their flowers when they're alive, it's, that's almost in itself become a parody because we always say it and it never happens. And the more we say it, the more we must think that it's going to happen when really and truly it doesn't happen. Like, that's why we made, that's why I guess shows like, and this ain't me to sound regular, but shows like podcasts like this are needed, the podcasts like Create are needed where we do give people their flowers. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, and we can bring up topics and we can give people their ratings. I feel like slowly but surely you're starting to see a lot more rap, people, rap fans talk about rap and start to give people their flowers. So I guess it's it's starting to happen now more than the past. Is, it, yeah, is, there, think... is there a fear of, um, I guess, certain rappers or certain musicians dying and, and becoming overrated? Well, before we get to that, I just kind of wanted to talk about Mo's point just then. Um, I feel like, especially nowadays, for certain generations of rap, especially um, of rap fans, um, the last couple of years have been, in terms of rapper deaths, have been pretty bad. Like yeah. this, last year, King Von um, and a couple others as well that passed as well. So I feel like maybe slowly but surely, the fact that we're seeing so many rappers pass, especially young, um, is going to lead hopefully to um, other rappers that are alive getting their flowers before their time. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Um, to the whole point about people being overrated, hmm. It's kind of mad. It's like it's kind of a mad one, isn't it? Because it is mad. You don't, you don't really want to say that, but exactly. I like it, it, yeah, I feel like it, it definitely happens. I feel like everybody gets it, man. I think everybody's music becomes overrated um, to a point where it's a bit mad sometimes. Is that and fair? I, huh? Is that fair? Just because um, they've passed, so I guess their fans will naturally put them in a different esteem. No, I feel like I don't mean to cut you off at all. Just talking personally, mm. I love Nipsey, but Nipsey's passed and now he's on a different level than he was to me than when he was alive. Mm. And that's because I can now only live with what he's got. Do you know mm. what I mean? Mm. So it's like you just could take that in. So is it do you overrate them or do you just treasure what they've given you more? Yeah, but I'm not speaking about people that were fans before they died. Okay. I'm speaking more to the fandom that comes from those that didn't fuck with them when they were here and then now start fucking with them when they're dead when they died. Do you know what I'm saying? And be and then becoming overrated isn't necessarily a bad thing. I'm just I'm just wondering like, you know I guess why? Because they passed. I, again, again, I think it's just a natural thing. For me personally with Pop Smoke, um I mean I preferred his mixtapes to his album. But because of how he died and who he was, I'm pretty sure you had legions of new fans 
coming in and saying this is amazing this this is amazing that and you know maybe that means that it's overrated in a sense but that's relative to a fan's experience as well but I also think it's very very natural for people to flock to someone's music and you know put it up on a on a pedestal even though they weren't doing it when they were alive mm. um I think they just want to maybe some of it is part, wanting to be part of the conversation wanting to be part of oh yeah I, I really like this rapper too um and a bit of it is probably just intrigue like wanting to know why this person was so special and why so many people love them let me listen to his music so I think there's a lot of reasons really I don't think there's one there's mystique, there's mystique with death man there's, there's there's just that mystique man like you're you know you're no longer here but we've got nothing but your music do you know what I mean it's just something there that just like adds like you know another layer of um attraction I don't know what it is and it goes back to what you it goes back to what you said about going back to someone's music after they've passed and see, trying to find clues Mm. Trying to find, trying to find cues that are telling you about their mental state, or whether they saw it coming, or whether they anticipated it, or maybe they were just happy as Larry or whatever. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, man. It, it, again, like death is a natural part of life, and when you're, when you, when you are of such a high status, and you know you're, you're loved by so many people, it's only gonna, it's only gonna bring new eyes onto it. Yeah, I, I sure. guess I, I think it does still depend on like who the rapper was. And how they've died because someone like an ODB, like the the um the attraction after his death is very different to that of um you know someone like a big L. Big L, you know, he was killed, you know, gun violence. Um ODB he he OD'd, didn't he? On, on drugs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's different, it's a different pull. You know, like there's just something about the violence that just adds like I don't know, man, just something else. Like it's just like XXX Tentacion, like him being killed the way he 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 was killed. It's just some I don't know, man. I you think there's just more empathy with right. I don't even think it's an empathy thing, man. It's just something there's just something else that just surrounds his aura. There's just an aura that, around his music after that, man. And I feel like how you die does that. It creates that aura. 100%. I don't know what it is. And it's that aura that pulls you in. Especially if you were looking at before. But I also think to answer that question, I think it's our obsession with violence. That's probably culture. what, yeah. I think, as as a people, just generally, like the the world, like we love violence. We love violent imagery. We love you know acts of violence. Like especially if we're living vicariously through the people, and that's why people love street life so much. Like for a lot of it, like a lot of it is living vicariously through these stories of people telling, uh, people are telling about st- a life we will never know. So I think the obsession with violence is probably what helps flock fans to someone who was killed violently yeah because even someone like a big pun who had a heart attack it just it's a different feel isn't it to like someone to to, to biggie but even though biggie's a, it's, it's an unfair example but someone like a biggie that was shot it's just different you know what i'm saying and if you just look at biggie's a bad example but just compare pun um having a heart attack to any other rapper that we've lost that it's been shot it's different even king one perfect example king it's just going to be a different feel Mm-hmm. And Pun's way more of a great than Von, but how I can see Von being treated slightly differently to Panda. Maybe because he's younger, maybe we're in a different time. I think that's it, bro. I just feel like we're in a different time to where... We're in a different time. Yeah, to we're where the people we hold to a higher esteem. Naturally, the kids won't. Just naturally. Mm-hmm. They're not going to yeah, rock and- with a Big Pun the way we do. And we're not going to rock with a King Von the way... But even, okay, but even like... Um, who... 
let's name another rapper that died a violent death around the time Pun died as well. Stack, um, Stack, Stack Bundle's not the best example because there wasn't it. too much. It was one mixtape spot. It's just an unfair example. But someone like that had Oof. mainstream oh. notoriety. Uh, Master J. He weren't. He was a DJ, isn't it? So it's a bit different. Um, okay, but even with Jam, okay, let's use Jam Master J. He, I think, even how he's looked at it is still a bit different. It's, it's, it's a different feel, man, to that of Pun, and it's because of how he was killed. Yeah, I definitely, I agree with you that the way, you, the way you died definitely plays <laughs> some sort of fact of your aura. And yeah. maybe like in maybe like, it kind of. It makes them more thorough as rap artists. The fact that even if you haven't necessarily rapped about all this gun violence stuff, the fact that you were killed like that in a way that, especially in America, a, a lot of black men seem to be, kind of just makes your story more valid. Maybe. Yeah, I think it just makes the story more interesting and more just juicier. That's unhealthy, though. No, definitely. I mean, yeah, the world is an unhealthy place. No, that's very unhealthy. Okay. I get what you're saying. I'm not disagreeing. I'm just saying that's very yeah. yeah, but but again, again, I think that speaks to our fascination with violence. Like me personally, like in my spare time, I'm watching every mafia documentary that <laughs> is in that is in the world. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm just fascinated by not necessarily the death, but I'm just it's 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 a key part of it, and I'm not shying away from it, sort of thing. It's that way um, of thinking, isn't it? It's it's we're intrigued, especially if we're far removed from something. We're intrigued to somebody's lifestyle if they're of that like the, the thinking that goes behind something like that because it's sociopathic isn't it you, and because you're 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 not a sociopath you you you're, you're like you're fascinated with how one can think like that how one can live that life yeah and it goes the other way as well like um that episode of fresh prince of bel-air where they go to the playboy mansion mm. guess who wanted to go to the playboy mansion too this guy yeah. so it happens it works the same way mm. It goes, it works the same way, but yeah, man. I think, well, yeah, we're, we're just fascinated by that sort of stuff, man. Like, five dog passing of diabetes isn't as sexy as King Von yeah. or XXX, you know what I'm saying? Which, you know, death is death, and every death should be treated as just one person dying, no matter how they've died. And you know, legacies should should increase or whatever accordingly. But yeah, I do, I, I do feel you. I feel like we do memorialize people that probably died more violent deaths than the ones that haven't. Yeah. Which is probably a problem. And hip hop is a microcosm of that. Hip hop is a microcosm of a society that engages in that. Mm. But yeah. Salute to all those that passed off. Any final thoughts, lads? Um, no, like I said, no, I'm, not, I'm not mad at like more love coming to, you know, rappers that die. I'm not mad at that at all, man. Like, as long as, you know, the music is getting more shine. Um, and you know their legacy is you know fitting of that of that artist, and it's all good, man. You know I mean, um, it's a tribute, like you know them being propelled is somewhat of a tribute to whatever their contribution to the culture was. Um, so it's all good, man. You know what I mean, and the fact if they are propelled and you know the streams go up, it means that their family eat as well. You know what I mean, so that's 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 and everyone wins. Yeah, that's that's dope too. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, it's just yeah. fascinating. We just find the whole the whole. Um, the whole topic just really fascinating, man. Like, I, I think about it a lot, especially where like I 
you know, have a few times a year where I revisit, you know, Tupac and Biggie's catalog specifically. I just always like, it just fascinates me. Like, I'm, yeah, my brain's weird in it. So I go down different, down different like, trains of thought, man. Yeah, for the sake of the original argument about Pop Smoke and Big, I kind of wish that Pop Smoke had had as much time on this earth as Biggie had for him to be able to have, not necessarily the same impact, but let's see what he would have done if he had lived to be 24. Maybe he would have dropped this album, another album, and he would have been more cemented in that way. And then the comparison wouldn't be as appalling in someone's eyes. It still would be appalling. And on that note... (laughs) Hey, salute to Pop Smoke, bro. Well, salute to no, no, no. Oh yeah, salute to Pop Smoke, man. Rest in perfect peace. Yeah, yeah rest in peace to everyone we've lost, man. All the rappers we've lost for sure. I mean, all right, cool. Um, we didn't have a fun <laughs> one planned, so we're, we didn't have a fun topic planned. So we're just gonna freestyle that right now. Peter just had a great, a great idea of uh, us basically naming individually. Um, uh, basically, we're gonna name rappers. Whose fan bases are the worst? One each. Yeah. And when we say the worst, what, what, like we mean just the most argumentative, most jarring, most like illogical, um, and the most biased. All right. Uh, uh, Mohammed. I think we know who I'm going to say. Really? I think Eminem fans. <laughs> what a I shock! Think, I think Eminem fans. Oh, delusional, deluded, <laughs> asinine, 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 <laughs> Like, honestly, I think Eminem fans have lost all realms of reality. Like, when I say to you, your favourite rapper hasn't been a good rapper since 2002, don't shoot me. Don't shoot the messenger. Shoot your favourite rapper. If I say your favourite rapper ain't been cooking since Muhammad was in year four, don't get angry at me. Emmy, if I say I don't like your favorite rapper going the way you shake it, don't, don't get angry at me. He made that joke song, not me. I like that song. When I say it sounds like proof being ghostwriting for your boy, don't get angry at me. Oh, wait, nah, that's too relax. Nah, I'm taking, I'm taking, edit that one out, that's a bad thing. Probably do that to Marshall. No, but like, yeah, I think Eminem fans, honestly, I think Eminem fans are delusional. I think they're stuck to what they first heard when it comes to Eminem. And I feel like they haven't let him go yet and they still hype. Because whenever you see with an Eminem fan, he's the best rapper of all time and they don't want to hear anything else. Mm. They don't want to have that debate. Yeah. There's probably a lot of like Eminem fans that have grown with his music though. That still like the music regardless. Rather than holding on to what he was in O2. That's my point. If you're listening to Eminem after O2, you're delusional. That's not fair, but okay. Anyone that likes Eminem after O3, you know when you said opinions can be wrong earlier? Your opinion is wrong. <laughs> I mean, I, I liked Encore, just for the record. All right, cool. Your opinion is wrong. All right, cool. Well, you know how you feel like I'm bugging with Doom? I would never tell you you're wrong, though. I'll take that back, then. <laughs> no, don't, no don't, don't take it back. Fuck you. Yeah, Encore yeah, is trash, bro. This year's the year of not taking shit back, man. It's no, been... wait. When did Encore come out? Um, 04. Was that part of his first? What was his first three albums? Uh, Marshall, no, Slim Shady, Marshall Mathers, Eminem Show, and then Uncle yeah. was after. Uncle was hell. <laughs> it wasn't hell. It was hell. Eminem's been hell. Ah man, cool. I yeah, that's my answer. All right, yeah, yeah. Do you want to go next? <laughs> no, you can go next. I ain't got one yet. 
Um, I'm gonna go for two back fans. Oh, I think I think two back fans are apps, and that's mad because I'm a, I'm a diehard two back fan. Like I won't I won't really allow any sort of um, so I'm part of the problem, but I won't really allow any um, slander of you know Mr. Shakur in it, but. <laughs> from what I've experienced in dealing with other Tupac fans and certain arguments and debates, they're just like mad aggressive, man. Like you can't compare, you can't say Tupac versus anyone without getting like a real logical debate. It, they just won't have it, man. Tupac fans are mad aggressive. I love the passion, but they're just mad aggressive, man. You know what I mean? So you can't, there's just no wrong answer against Tupac in it. So from my experience, I would say like Tupac fans, and Eminem fans are like the worst. They're like the most aggressive. Hmm. I was going to say Cole fans just to troll Mo, but Cole fans that I've experienced aren't that bad. You know what I mean? So, I don't think I'm that bad when it comes to being a Cole fan. No, you, you, no fan. you've gotten better, but like early, early, early pod days, even pre-pod days, you were like, you couldn't go a day without mentioning Jermaine. Oh, that was just to troll you lot. I don't believe that. No, honestly, Yemi, since you've known me, have I ever said Cole's top five rapper? I'm trying to remember. Never. Remember. I've always told you my same top five, Def, Jay, Nas, them man. I've never had Cole in there. Just because he's not in your top five, that don't mean that you can't be a part of the problem. Yes, it can, because more time that he's not. No, it's not, because you can still talk about someone in it's such a... I've objectively said his last two albums are whack as well. What, what, what albums? What albums were they? Oh, yeah, it's only a KOD. I said I never fucked with both of them. I thought you liked KOD. No, it was all right, but he's... It's the second worst album he's ever dropped, in my opinion. Well, third after Silent Story. Okay. Interesting. But yeah, th- th- those are my two picks, isn't it? Um, I think um, <laughs> Doom fans are definitely um, st- probably the snobbish, though. Yeah. yeah. Dude, yeah, Doom and Mad Villain, Mad, uh, Mad Lib fans are like snobbish as fuck. I, lo- I love that, bro. That's because you're part of them. 100%. You hear me? Part of the problem. Um, I'll probably say Drake fans because they are probably some of the most deluded people I've ever met in my life because they'll have you believe that some albums that just utter trash are like the best things to happen to sound. Um, and it's just like, get over yourself, bruv. Like, they're actually not that. And anytime you say anything, even remotely, even remotely, like, not so much, like, agreeing with them, yeah, man, they're wishing death upon you. So, um, um, I'm, I'm not, I'm not really here for it. Um, I'm not here for the coddy waddling that you're doing to Drake. This is the reason why he's not dropped a good album in years because you lot are accepting his bullshit. See, don't do, bro. Why are you not have to bring out Drake? Drake can't produce a good album, in my opinion. What are you talking? We said this. Oh no, 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 no! A very good album. Point out, he's dropped a good album. I've never, I've never heard a Drake very, very good album. Listen, man. They'll have you believe that everything he's dropped is a classic. And no, so, far, so far, Gone is amazing. Though. They'll have you believe Take Care is a classic. Which is just the biggest, which is just the biggest sin I think I've heard in the last like 10 years. <laughs> I've like, got another on. one. We ain't doing that. We ain't doing that. <laughs> yeah, I've got another group of fans. Look at what Yemi's calling a sin. <laughs> bruh, it's a, it's <laughs> original sin, bro. Allow it. Yemi, I've got another group of fans. Go ahead. Whatever Peter consists of, yeah. His type of fans. Mm. Chuck all of them in the bin. Mm, They're mm, pompous, arrogant, old fans. snobbish. Mm-hmm, mm. Talk but about you it. can't tell me nothing, fans. Talk about it. Talk about it. 
the, the everyone that raps past 2012 is whack. <laughs> That's not true, man. I don't fit into that. You yeah, man need to stop putting these lies. It's not true, man. You're right. You know what? You're right. Oh, no, Pete. No, I feel, like, I feel like artists that like I'm a huge fan of. Typically, the fan base of that artist, are, are, they're quite, they're nice people. No, you're all pompous. Like, like Dillaheads, I consider myself to be like a diehard Dillahead. Typically, like, they're, they're cool, man. You would say that. The Dilla, Dilla fans are cool. Like, so Aquarian fans are cool. Um, Jay Z fans are cool. Yeah. The only fan base that I'm a part of that are like, I, I would say are like insane are two back fans. And Doom. Um, I'm not, like, I love Doom, but I'm, I don't consider myself to be part of like the diehards. Like, I'm not what, part of Yemi in them. What Doom fans, fans be called? Um, the Doom they Hive. No, that don't do that. We're not that doing is, that. Yem's definitely the captain of we're the Doom that. Hive. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. We're not doing that at all. The Doom Minions. To the Doom Minions. I'm sick. Yo, Yem's definitely part of the Doom Hive. Yo, Yemi's a Doom Minion. Yo, Yemi and them are definitely the type to dress up as Doom for Halloween, bro. Car, just wear that fronted aluminium for you. In fact, Yemi and them are definitely the type just to wear the mask just because. Just order pizza, open the door. Hey. <laughs> and they will take the term metal fingers literally and go and get metal uh, fingers as well. And what scissor has in their house. <laughs> so my name is not my name. <laughs> so my name is not my name. But, but oh, safe. All right, funny. safe, lads. That is hilarious, bro. Safe, lads. Safe, lads. Oh, to be fair, though, on Instagram, there's an effect to have the Doom mask on you, and I've used it. <laughs> yeah, but that, that falls very short of actually purchasing a mask, which, by the way, them shits is expensive. I've checked. How much like, are they? They go for, like, a grand. Plus. What, mask? Yes. Don't bother listen Optimus Prime is trying to charge a grand. Yo, Mo, relax. Let's not do that. <laughs> We're not, doing, we're, not doing, we're not doing that. We're not doing that, man. This is our tribute episode. We're not doing that, man. Yeah, I apologize. I apologize. <laughs> yeah, idiots, oh, bro. But yeah, um, no, I agree with you, Mo. Um, anyone, any part of society that Peter's a part of, yeah, in terms of fan base, yeah, keep that. Anyway, shout out to all the fan bases. Um, you know, you're the reason why we have podcasts, more or less. More or less. More or less. And on that note, the first episode of the year is a wrap. Um, so yeah, thank you once again, everyone, for listening. Um, you know, continue to listen, continue to support, follow the pod, wherever you get your podcasts, on socials, all of that stuff. And uh, yeah, hopefully it's going to be a very prosperous one, not only for us but for everyone listening as well. So shout out to everybody, shout out to you, man. Big up, and um, everyone. Yeah, if there's nothing else. We're gonna sign off. So you'll hear from us again in two weeks' time, and until then. Take care. Stay safe. Stay sane if you can. We'll see you on the flip. What? Shut up. <laughs> Peace. You can't even beat United, bro. Shut up, man. <laughs>